It's time once again for another edition of Banker with the Beer. Jerry Keel with you with another great guest and another tasty beverage. Our guest today has a name that really everyone in the Chippewa Valley and beyond knows. Loopy is in the house today. It's good to have him on board. Loopy, welcome. Hey, Jerry. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. And to lubricate our conversation, we also have a classic of the Chippewa Valley, Leinenkugel Summer Shandy. So I'm going to be popping the beverages, and I'm going to have Ben bring Loopy on board. Sure, absolutely. Well, uh, Loopy, thank you for joining us. I know we were just just talking before the show here. I got a lot of memories uh, at your place. I've been doing this a very long time. So I uh, just kind of want to start uh, from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, thanks for reminding me about that. You just made me feel extremely <laughs> old. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but hey, th- don't, it, it's not old. It's uh, it's wisdom and success. It's, seasoned. Uh, yes, seasoned, exa- yes, exactly, exactly. So uh, just kind of a little bit of your backstory. What, uh, are you originally from the Chippewa Falls area? What, what brought you here? I am not, and that's kind of where the nickname came from. Um, Jerry okay. was asking me about that earlier. I told him I couldn't tell him that it's a trade secret, but <laughs> most people know it now anyways. But uh, I, I'm actually, my family's originally from the Chicagoland area. Okay. And uh, we used to uh, vacation up in Tomahawk, Wisconsin um, in the summertime as a little kid, and then later on we'd snowmobile up there. And turns out my parents ended up buying the resort and supper club um, that we vacationed at. And so I started attending the bar with my dad when I was 14 years old in Tomahawk, Wisconsin. Cool. And that's kind of where the, uh, the nickname came from. I had a, a loop t-shirt. I have several of them um, from the radio station in Chicago because I was a 14-year-old kid. Yeah, (laughs) that makes sense. And a big old lumberjack, Terry Roselle, used to come in every day after cutting lumber with his his little buddy called uh, Turkey Farmer. And uh, they used to come in, and uh, whenever they needed a beer, I couldn't, Terry was so big, I couldn't see the beer glass behind his hand. (laughs) And so he didn't know my name, so he said, hey, Loopy, because of the T-shirt, get me a beer. And everybody thought that was funny, and that's that's where Loopy came from. Hmm. I don't, think ever, I don't think you ever heard that story. Yeah, I don't tell... I got about five or six different stories, but that's, that's that, that, actually... That, that, that's, that's, a, that's the, the, the story du jour. <laughs> that's the real deal. That one's the real deal, yep. Well, gentlemen... So, well, pros, let's have some summer shandy. Oh, nice. <sighs> Good stuff. That's a great summer beer. E- excellent. Well, let's, let's kind of start at the top. I mean, when you're, you're in, you know... I'll say growing up in Chicago, Tomahawk, working with your parents' resort. Uh, when did it come across you first, you know, that this is something you want to do for your life? And what brought you to Chippewa Valley? Well, I never thought I'd be in this business my entire life. Um, it just kind of grew up and was in my blood. Um, so I came over to, after I finished high school in Tomahawk, I came over to uh, Eau Claire to go to college. My brothers were going to college over. I actually started the tech school in robotics, um, mm-hmm. which I loved, but... I'm not a very good student, so but I was tending bar, putting myself through school, and uh, a job came up at the View on Lake. Was actually I was working at Larry's Pub oh. back when I was 19, 18, 19, 20 years old, and a job opened up uh, at the View on Lake Wasoda. So um, Al Gruby, who owned that for many years, uh, was a family friend from Tomahawk. He's done bowling and Tom- bowling alley Tomahawk. I didn't know Al at the time, and went over and got a job with him. And within a couple of years, I was the general manager there. Um, and as the time went by, it was time for me to get in my own business. And so, uh, um, in the meantime, I actually went down to, uh, Colorado for a year and a half and became a ski bum out in Breckenridge. Got a lot of friends out there, ended up down in the Virgin Islands for a year and a half being a scuba bum and came back and figured it was time to, uh, actually start my career. So my girlfriend at the time became my wife, Lori. We ended up buying Bobby Joe's Roadhouse on Highway X. Well, it, it was, uh, it was Highway 29 at the time. Right. And so uh, we ended up buying that back in uh, January 3rd of 1997. 
Now, the timing of that's interesting because for those of you who are, you know, haven't been in the area for real long, that used to be Highway 29, and uh, a few years later, they announced that they were going to move the highway. Now, from your perspective, was that like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to the place? Or did you look at that as being an opportunity? No, and actually, you know, there's been a lot of things like that over the, over the years that kind of kind of knock you down and you, and you kind of just come back with different ideas. I mean, we ended up going through, you know, the drinking age went from 18 to 19 to 21. Um, smoking bans came in and took a lot of our business there. Um, and then, you know, a, a lot of stuff, you know, with our industry, we just been a lot of battles along the way. Well, moving Highway 29 was huge. I mean, we had thousands of cars every day going past our front door. And uh, then we ended up, uh, they moved the highway on us. And I was getting phone calls from people saying, what happened to your bar? We just drove down 29 and your bar's gone. I'm like, no, we're on Highway X now. So once we got the signage back up on the highways, a lot of that business came because we were a destination point at that point for a lot of people driving through. Okay. So... To me, it's I'm, you know my time here in the Chippewa Valley. There was, I'll say, pre Loopy Dome and post Loopy Dome. So that process was what what was huge because I think it kind of transformed you from being a, a a a good bar on the edge of town that had some some volleyball courts, but this separated you. What was your inspiration for this? And kind of tell us the process because I mean I think in, in many ways. That, and we'll get, and then again later, um, the inner tube really put you on the map as kind of a, a destination for just far beyond uh, the Chippewa Falls area. Right, and uh, the two biggest parts of our business right now is probably our volleyball leagues and, and the river tubing. Right. Um, there's a lot more to it than that. We're about four or five businesses all in one. We do banquets and concerts and fundraisers and volleyball leagues, <clears throat> but... You know, when we bought the place back in 97, it had been, been in business, a uh, little country tavern, since 1947. It was the uh, it was the White Owl back then, became the Yellow Rose, then Bobby Joe's Roadhouse. And at that time, nobody had owned, the, owned that property for more than five years straight since 1947. We're now going on our 27th year there, which <laughs> I have no idea how, how that happened. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we had built up the volleyball leagues when I was at The View. We, I built helped build the courts and build the leagues there, so I knew there was a demand for that volleyball league out there. And then uh, we were just trying to figure out how do we grow our, our winter business. And I had been in um, some some sand volleyball buildings, um, but they were stagnant buildings. They were pole sheds. And we just couldn't do that because I didn't want to take away what we had in, had in the uh, summertime there. Um, and so I started doing some research. And at the time, back before everybody had smartphones, we had a computer in the corner with, uh, with a new Internet company trying to promote Internet. This is years ago before, you know, it was readily available. And I just saw on there, there was this air dome. And so I'm showing all my buddies and uh, my wife, who's not with us anymore, she's passed, but she comes down, she goes, what are you guys doing? I said, I'm showing these guys this air dome. I said, it'd be pretty cool to put this in the backyard. And she's just like, all you do is keep spending money. My God, what, what are we doing? I go, no, no, this is going to be great. We're going to have all kinds of business and, you know, I'll take you down to the Virgin Islands and we'll take vacations. And she's like, "This, she's you're so stupid. And she walks away. <laughs> I love that woman to death. She, she always called me out. And uh, she comes storming back about 15 minutes later. She's like, how fast can you build that thing? So that was in about 2007 we started the process. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with the whole story, Jerry, but that's kind of how I ended up with Northwestern Bank is because of this dome. Um, so at the, the the bank I was with at the time okayed everything, and we are moving forward, and we had a lot of money invested in this already. And uh, they, uh, the, they called me into the bank, and it was 2008 when everything was crashing. They canceled our loan. And we had already broke ground. We had thousands of dollars already invested. 
and I thought I was going to lose everything. I mean, this is crazy. So um, they canceled the loan, and that's back when I walked into Jerry Jacobson's office and uh, spoke with him, and he went to the board, and they the board decided unanimously, unanimously to give us the dome, the money for the dome. And obviously the rest has been history ever since, and I've, I've been banking with Northwestern ever since, and I don't think I'll ever go anywhere else just because those guys saved us. Well, no, and it's been a great partnership <coughs> for, for, for lots of years. So that dome, as you said, yeah, it's for volleyball, but you've got a tiki bar in there. But then also, I mean, I don't can't tell you how many events I've been over the years for, for concerts. Uh, so You do so much for the community in terms of sponsoring um different charitable events, uh, giveaways, uh, silent auctions, uh, it, it goes on and on. Uh, you know, so that's become basically an event center for the community along with this being, you know, a place where you can have domes but or have, have sporting events. I do question, though, I mean, just what are the logistics of running a dome in a Wisconsin winter where it can be, you know, 20 below outside or you have you know, two feet of snow, uh, how does just, just put me through, give me a 90 second thing of how you just keep this thing up and around. And I mean, it, it's, it can't be cheap to run this thing in, in January. It is not, uh, the, the, the cost of heat, this is astronomical. We actually have, I did a lot of research for, for, before I put this dome up at the time when I put the dome up, there was only, um, two other sand volleyball domes in the entire world. Um, one is over in Buffalo, New York, and there's nothing in it but the two courts, and that was the original. And uh, and there was one up uh, Hermantown outside of Duluth, and those are the only two in the world. None of them had a bar in them, and that one was hooked onto a bowling alley. And I went up and spoke to the owner up there, and he says, I'm taking mine down. People are freezing their feet. It's full of dust. So I did some research on this thing. I said, okay, so what if we get a cleaner sand, keep it watered, water with hot water, and we put an um, in-ground heat system in. So now we're the world's only heated sand volleyball dome. So there's heat coils through the sand, through the concrete. And so when it's 40 below outside, just on the other side of that fabric, we're 70 degrees. And that does come at a price. Right. Um, it costs money to, to heat that. That's why we have you know the entry fees for the volleyball teams. But we have to keep that dome going all the time. Like you said, we do a lot of things out there. And one of my favorite things that we're able to do is give back to the community. So every year we do the Rock the Dome with the YMCA for the Strong Kids pro- program they've got there. Um, we do a fundraiser with the local fire department, Wheaton, now every year help those guys raise some money. We've done dueling pianos. We brought in the dweebs. Um, recently, this last year, um, we had a, a young lady that had, was battling breast cancer, and we had a big uh, tournament for, for her of, of bean bags and raised a lot of money to help her out, single mom. Um, we also worked with uh, CRI to raise some money for those guys with another bean bag tournament. And then over the years, we've actually been building more decking to put over that sand so we can do concerts now. Um, we're licensed for 800 people for concerts. Um, now that we put some new doors in, we're going to expand it to 1,200. Mm-hmm. So we can bring in a lot, a lot of people do different things, and the fundraiser stuff is really my, is is what gets me excited, gets me motivated. Because, you know, I've been here almost 27 years, so now I get to give back to the community. Well, you, you, you did mention one event that I think is, I know, is very dear to your heart and to many of us here in the community is the Loop Delory, and it's a. Uh, <coughs> An event that that you've sponsored, and uh, it's I'll let you describe what it's all about. But it's it, it's a wonderful event, brings a lot of people together, and raises money for a great cause. Plus, honoring your your former wife. Yeah. So the the Loop Delory obviously isn't in the dome. That's that's one of our last outdoor events, and it's always the first Saturday after Labor Day. Um, so the Loop Delory is a triathlon, but it's not your typical triathlon. We actually do a, a kayaking event, so anybody can do it. 
And we have some ultra competitors that come out, but we have people that just come and walk the 5K. It's a beautiful walk through the woods. Um, our neighbors let us use their property over there, and we do a walk through the woods on the 5K. So if you just wanted to go for a walk that day or if you wanted to do the whole thing as a full event or a team event, and we've gotten some great sponsors. Our our title sponsor now is DJ Smart um, with the Saldans. They've been helping mm-hmm. us out quite a bit. And so that money primarily goes to two two places. Uh, we work with Evolving Wellness here in Eau Claire with Laura Barrent. And that's an, um, it's, it's a, a naturopath resource to, to bring all those modalities together for, for naturopath. And that's what something my wife really, really worked for when she was sick with her cancer. And so it's, a, it's pretty important to me to keep, obviously, her memory alive, but we're really trying to help other people with that as well. And then the other part is that we're, we've uh, started in the community foundation, we've started a, um, a fund in my wife's name there. So we're trying to grow that so we can get enough money in there to help people on a much larger scale. And so that's, again, that's always the first Saturday in September. And uh, we'll have that out on our Facebook. So if people want to get more information on that, they can look it up on our Facebook and and join us that day as well. Yeah, wonderful event. The Dome is part one of your operation. Part two is one that I think uh, has really put you on the map in a whole different way. Um, And I'll say this is the inner tubing down the Chippewa River. And when I came to town here 30 years ago, the Chippewa River, for the most part, was something that you didn't really, I mean, it was there, but I mean, even the way around the community, you had to really look to try to find the river. All you know, It's grown up along the sides. And uh, I think both communities, Eau Claire and Chippewa, have done a great job trying to make the river more accessible and just rediscover this, the scenic beauty of it. But your inspiration of taking and creating a venue or an event um, going down the river with inner tube groups i mean when i drive home in the evening in the summer and drive over the highway 53 bridge i look down the river and it's like this parade of many groups singletons groups people you know 20 people hooked up together up and down both sides river uh, if it's a hot weekend in july june july or august there could be it seems to be a couple hundred people on the river you started that well i i did not start that so the river was used very little back in the day when we first bought it and there's an event going on called fat that's the yes. french town annual tube float regatta it was started uh Back in 1975, with Kempe's Tavern, which is on which is on um, Canal Street, right? Um, and that that was a one-year event, and it's dubbed as the once-a-year event. Yes, once-a-year event. It's uh, it it was always the fourth Sunday in June. It got moved to Father's Day, back to the fourth Sunday. So it's back to Father's Day now. We work along with the other bars on the on the river, and that had been going on, like I said, since 1975. So before I even bought the bar. I was working at The View. We actually floated down Fat Far, not in a million years thinking I'd ever own this bar called The Yellow Rose at the time. <clears throat> and then when we, we bought the bar and we had the opportunity, I'm like, this is something we can grow on. And I remember I had a, an old Ford black van. I had a bench seat in it and one passenger seat. And uh, we could take four people on them. My wife, Lori, would be in the kitchen. We had a little Clark broiler and a fry daddy. And she'd be back there cooking up a couple burgers. And I'm like, hey, honey, I got four people are going down the river. And we had old black tubes from Martell Tire. <laughs> And I was all excited. I was going to make, you know, $20 running these people in the, um, up river and float down the river. And then, you know, fast forward now, we, you know, we run several shuttles and trailers. And, you know, there's weekends where we'll have six, seven people working just the two rental end of the business. So and, uh, on a busy weekend, I mean, how many people, have you, 
we put down the river. Well, it's not just weekends, but on a on a real hot Saturday, we'll get up towards to three, four, five hundred people on the water. Wow! Um, but even during the week, during the summertime in July, if it's eighty-five, ninety, you know, on a Tuesday, we'll get one hundred and fifty, two hundred people on the water. And then that's that kind of coincides with our our volleyball leagues. So they're running one hundred and fifty volleyball teams now a week right now, and so. You know, we, that that makes for extremely busy summers right now. Well, big, uh, so how many people do you employ in the summer season? Um, we'll have anywhere between thirty-five and forty-five paychecks going out every every two weeks for that little bar. That's amazing. Cause that, it that started out with about four of us back in, in nineteen ninety-seven. Well, and I think you know what I find amazing. I float to the river a number of times with with your your group, and it's what's is amazing is just how peaceful it is i yeah. mean here you are in the middle of chippewa falls and then you know you, you have a freeway going over the top of you and you think well then this isn't going to be all that great and it's peaceful it's quiet it's picturesque there's wildlife there's even a little rapids um you know it, it's just a very serene uh experience and to have this literally in the middle of a community is amazing yeah, and, and it's actually one of my favorite things to do. Like if I have friends in from out of town, you know, I'll take a Tuesday or Wednesday day and we'll go float down the river. Um, but we really make it easy for people. That's the nice thing about it. We've kind of got this down to a science now. I mean, you just show up with your swimsuit and your debit card and we'll get you on the water. I mean, we have everything you need from, you know, floating tubes with backrests and cup holders. We've got cooler carriers. We've got floating coolers that will put the ice in it for you. You can buy the off-sale there. We'll even pick you up at your campground, your hotel, and your home for free and drive you to the bar and get you back home at the end of the day. So if you want to have a few line and Googles and a couple of drinks, we'll make sure you get home safely too. And we do that all the time, by the way. If anybody wants to get picked up or dropped off, that's a free service we do all the time, home, hotel, or or, uh, or campground. My daughters both live out on the East Coast, and uh, my older daughter had, the, for her wedding, uh, they had a few days beforehand, and took their whole wedding party down the river and these were were young people from the east coast and from the south and from california and of all the things of the wedding they still rave about the inner tubi experience mm -hmm. and last week my daughter came back she had a friend from new jersey and well what do you want to do well, we got to go down the river you know so it, it's become at least for a, a certain you know the younger segment of our society here uh that's a must-do event. Well, it's not even younger. I mean, we get people that are in their 80s and 90s floating down the river because it's so easy to do. It's so peaceful. I mean, it's it's, it's an easy day on the, on the water. Well, and it's not, I mean, in the chip war through there, depending on, you know, obviously in, in April when the when the dam's wide open, yeah, I probably wouldn't go down the river. But on most days in the summer, it's it's pretty serene. Yeah, we got lucky this year. We actually started uh, Memorial Day. Was uh, We had tubes on the water. Usually it doesn't start until about the third Sunday, third weekend in June is when we usually start getting people on the water. This year we've been, we've been lucky with the weather being warm, so we've, we've started early this year, so it's been a great summer for us. Now, one of the issues, kind of we're going to transition here a little bit, I mean, so we, this the business side. You're running a big operation. You're trying to find 35, 40, 45 good reliable, hardworking, uh, service-oriented, wonderful folks to work because you, you are in hospitality up to your eyeballs here. How do you do that? How do you find staff? How do you keep staff? How do you keep them motivated? Well, it, I've got some really good people on top. Um, <clears throat> you know, you, you know Christy, my manager. Yep. She's been with me for several years. And then Aiden we brought on, on board a couple years ago. He worked for me in a in a, uh, in a um, bartending waiting capacity a couple of years ago he came back we brought him on the management team 
And so they've really been bringing some good people to help us out. The problem we had even two, three years ago before the um, pandemic was we, uh, you know, we had that old kitchen. We had our small kitchen. And so we've upgraded that to a full, we had six feet of hood in our kitchen trying to feed two, three, four hundred people in a day. And just recently we put in a brand new kitchen with, with uh, 28 feet of hood. And so we can fit four or five staff members back there. So that's really streamlined our business. And that was, that was an investment we had to make. You know, that's, you know, you're talking about two, three hundred thousand dollars for a, a commercial kitchen, but it's just something we had to do to streamline. And that helps us keep those people around. You know, we have a climate controlled kitchen now. We have air conditioning units, so it's not 120 degrees in there. And that helps out a lot. But like I said, my management team brings in people, trains them in, and that's really been helping us out. I mean, we, there's still holes we need to fill in. And we're there, you know, we're there a lot. You know, the, 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 the management team and a lot of our full-time employees are putting in, especially this time of year, a ton of hours. But that's what we do. It's summertime. So we just, we need to get through that. And then we can take a breather in September and then we start all over with the dome again. <laughs> so y you alluded to another area that I wanted to get into is just, is, I was called burnout. I mean, you work lots of hours. I mean, you've got to, you're, you're, you've got to make money when the sun shines and, you know, you're doing this year-round how do you manage this? I mean, your bar is open every day, uh, lots of hours, lots of issues coming on board. Um, there's always there's always something coming up. How do you just kind of unplug? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Summertime, we don't. Um, but I do take some time off in the winter. I, I go south a little bit for a, a vacation here and there. But I still, for the most part, really enjoy what I'm doing. I mean, I, I love... My favorite thing to do is go out and just and, and go out and touch the tables, talk to the customers, find out where people are from, who they are. You know, I've got a lot of regulars, but we also have a lot of a lot of tourists coming in through town because we're a destination point now. Mm -hmm. And so I still enjoy what I do. And when things get really crazy, like I said, I got Christy and Aiden to to bounce stuff off of, and you know, I, I used to have my wife for that, but mm -hmm. she's obviously not with us anymore. So I really appreciate my management staff keeping me grounded and and helping me. And they allow me to get away for a day here and there when I need to. And we, we work together <coughs> to make sure that happens. But, uh, yeah, the, the burnout is real. I mean, it's been tw almost 27 years now. And so you take that vacation. You, you step back a day or two and go, okay, what's what, what do we need to do here? And, like I said, the, the staff is key to that. So um, they really help me run the place. Again, Christy and Aiden are, are indispensable. So, Loopy... You are an anomaly from the standpoint, like you mentioned before, that bar had never been opened, owned by the same person for more than five years. You've owned it for 27 years now. January 3rd will be 27 years. How do you keep relevant? How do you keep these new ideas coming? And is there anything coming out in the future? Because, I mean, obviously, everyone is always looking for the next best thing. And for this, up till this point, you've made Loopy's the next best thing. Well... I guess keeping it relevant is, you know, I, I don't think the tubing is ever going to go away. I think that volleyball is here to stay. Um, and it's changed. Over the years, we've changed. I mean, like, so we've gotten more into the food. We used to be do live music all the time, which I love live music. But, you know, we've morphed more into the, the events now. And so we, we're, we're more than just a bar. So for me, it's it's something different every day. I mean, one day I'm I'm fixing a cooler. The next day I'm dealing with a banquet. The next day I'm putting up a dome. I mean, so for me to stay engaged and, and relevant, um, it's pretty easy because it's something different every day. You know, I'm not just going in and punching the clock. And, I, and that's for my staff too. You know, we, it's, it's different all the time. But uh, yeah, we're always looking for that next thing, what's going to bring people in. And what we do now is, like I said, we've got something almost every weekend going. 
with the weddings, the, the parties. So we don't have time to really sit back and, and worry too much about what our next thing is going to be because we're, we're busy now. Um, but I'm hoping, you know, we continue with that. And what, what's our next best thing? You know, we want to wrap up the food a little bit more, get our quality of food better. We want to have more variety. Um, you know, different events maybe during weeknights to keep people around a little bit more. But uh, the weekends and those events are so full right now that we don't have time to sit back and, and relax too much. So, Do you, I mean, what I find, at least in, in my 30 years in, in this community, is to see how we've expanded, we as a community, in the events we offer. You know, it, when I came to town, it was it was the the, the fair was you know, that was the big thing, and then a couple of this little music festival over in Kadat was kind of starting with something, and you know, but see how these things have just mushroomed, exploded, and still, you know, in the summer, someone will say, well, we're, we're thinking of doing something new. Well, we got to find a weekend the summer that doesn't interfere with anything. That doesn't exist. There's always something going on, especially in. And as as my boss, uh, your friend Jerry Jacobson, always says, there are, there are 12 weekends in the summer. They aren't making any more. They've already got something on them. So how do you carve a niche out of all this? Because, I mean, there's, again, there's always something here. But on the flip side, we're always bringing more people into town to, to do different things, and the area is growing. How do you keep the, a niche for, I mean, you've got this... Um, stable base with the volleyball teams that come and they sign up and they're going to be there. But how do you draw on the casual person? Well, you know, like you said, the volleyball, that, that gives us our, our Sunday through Thursday, we're filled. And then, you know, if it's warm out, we've got that, the, the, uh, the floating during the day. But I think with the, with the tubing, especially on the weekends, you know, like we'll, we'll do a wedding. We just had a wedding in the backyard. Same time we had all these tubers on the water. We let people know, hey, this is going to be a little crazy. And like, no, it sounds like fun. Um, a beach, a, actually, a beach wedding, right? Right, right exactly. Right, yeah. With people walking around in swimsuits, but we, <laughs> we you know, we separated enough to sure. where they all have their own space. But I think for us, like you know, you talk about these festivals and stuff going in town. People come in town, and then if it's hot out during the day, they want to go float the river, and then they'll go back to the to the music festivals at night. Like the fair's going on this week, so there's people that are going to be in town for the fair. And if it's 85, 90, they want to get out of the heat, so they're going to float the river. People still want to stop and get lunch somewhere. So I think we're always going to we're always going to have a niche there and work with all these other events that are coming in town. And we work quite well with them. We do a lot of cross promotions with a lot of the other businesses in town, a lot of events in town. Um, Country Jam just moved to um, Wheaton now, so we're going to be doing some stuff with them for floating the river. Um, we just picked up a whole bunch of groups from Country or Rockfest because that's going on this weekend as well. So we drove up there and picked up a bunch of people even on Monday, and they floated the river. So we work quite well with all these other events that are going on. We're, we're kind of in partnership with them. So with all this, you know, your, your big operation, what do you have the most fun doing? I, I love being out by the tubes because everybody out there is having a great time. I mean, they, they got a cooler full of beer. They're going to float the river. You know, they're all excited and, and like this, they got a whole day planned on the river. That, that to me is the funnest. Um, and I just like going to, from table to table, meeting people. You know, where are you from? You know, it's kind of neat how you might have a connection with somebody from another town or, who, you know, might, not, might know somebody or how they heard about us or... You know, I was talking to you about, uh, you know, you were out there with your dad for, for volleyball when you were a kid and making me feel 100 years old here. <laughs> but, you know, we always, have, we always have these connections that you have, and that, that to me is the funnest part of the business. Well, Lupe, I think, you know, the one thing that, that you bring uh, in spades to the Chippewa Valley is that your ability to be able to bring people together. 
and whether that be on the volleyball court or on the river or whatnot. But I mean, I, I can't, I, I never, no one's ever said they've gone out to Loopy's and not had a good time. And kind of, you're, you're the quintessential host in terms of just throwing this party each and every night you're out there. And um, your ability to do that on a consistent basis and at an incredible level is really amazing. So uh, hats off to you and uh, for all the work you've done to make uh, Loopy's just an outstanding establishment and something that's a real gem of the Chippewa Valley. Yeah, we've been having fun with it. Um, like, you know, we don't always do everything right 100%. But th- I think what makes us different is that we're always going to strive to do it 100%, knowing that we're never going to hit that target, but we never give up trying to do it the best we can. And I think that's what keeps us relevant, that's what keeps us going, is that you always have to care. And that's what. And I haven't, given, I haven't lost that passion yet. That's, that's the fun part for me. Let's hope you don't. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening uh, to Ben and I talk with Lupio over a beer today. If you like what you've heard, please give Banker with the Beer a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about us and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Northwestern Bank website, or wherever you listen to your podcast from. Bank with the Beer is sponsored by Northwestern Bank, building stronger communities where people matter.